Welcome to Theatetus, the podcast that turns thinking into an adventure. I'm your host, Justin, just an average guy with an insatiable curiosity about how we know what we know. Join me as I explore the power of thought and uncover the hidden truths of our inner worlds. This is Theatetus. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Theatetus podcast. This is your host, Justin, and we're here to keep exploring epistemology and demonstrating the tools of critical thinking. So today I have got my good friend Isabel Barlow with me. She was a good sport about volunteering to be on uh, my first episode with an interviewee. So we're <laughs> going to see how this goes. Hopefully I'm I'm a decent interviewer. I know Isabel do a great job, but um, this is the, the first test for me. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see how this up. goes. Okay, Isabel, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Isabel Barlow. Um, Lots of people think my name is Isabel Hatch. It is not. Um, I got married in 2021 to Creed Hatch, so that's why people would think that. Uh, I'm from all parts of Utah. I grew up here, and um, I currently reside in Kaysville, and I have a little 11-month-old baby named Phoebe. Yeah, um, married to Creed, baby Phoebe, Isabel, me. <laughs> good <Okay>. intro. <laughs> Thanks. Um, we were going to approach this episode a little bit differently um, than my how I described in my last podcast. Uh, the typical format is that we we take one of my guests' deeply held beliefs and then we just kind of go through the Socratic method where I ask questions about it. We kind of explore where that belief um, stems from and I kind of probe it to, to, and challenge it to really understand why that person believes what they do and critically analyze it. So Isabel, she wanted to approach things a little bit differently and I'm going to let her describe why. Well, um, when Justin texted me and asked me, he said, well, he honestly, he just said, do you want to be in my, in my podcast? And Justin's very smart and very interesting. So I just said yes. And he's like, well, you might want to listen to it first. And so I listened <laughs> to it. And um, I was just thinking the whole time. I'm like, well. To be fair, that's why I asked you. Because I knew you'd be a good sport about it. Right. <laughs> that, well, that's good that you think that. But I um, I listened to it. And he was talking about how, you know, like how he's interested in dissecting deep internal beliefs in people and I don't feel that I have one of those or I mean I've actually already pretty much dissected everything I've ever believed or thought to be true and um still working on it so I just was wondering why would he (laughs) like what is he going to dissect it but we decided together that it'd be interesting to kind of go through that process together maybe as like you know like a little warmer upper to other deeper conversations yep basically what you're saying is you've already done this and you don't know if you have a firmly held belief right now that you could really dissect yes i i mean i obviously am not like at the end of any journey or anything but i don't have any set belief anything you could probably present almost any idea to me and i'd be like i mean if that's what you believe like i think that you know, like I'll find bits and pieces that make sense to me. But for the most part, I've never heard one single thing that <laughs> resonates 100%, which maybe that's good. Maybe it's bad. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not here to say one way or the other if it's good or bad. Okay. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So what we decided to do, like Isabel said, is we're going to take one of her former beliefs and kind of follow her journey and how she broke that down, how she thought about it critically. Uh, along the way... We're going to explore if, you know, maybe there's an alternative she didn't really think about or... Which there probably is. <laughs> I mean, for, honestly, like, that's not to discredit you. No, like, no. That's for anybody. Well, I mean, I was all, a child. Yes. So Good point. I didn't have any skills to do this. So it would be way better, you know, like I would like... It's interesting to look back on it and think, how could I do this like with a mature mind and without so many emotions and without so much right. heaviness? Like it, it felt so heavy to me because I was alone, no skills, and you know. Yep, it, I think that's that's the perfect intro to dive right into yeah. it. So, so talk us through what is the belief that you want to go through and um, 
that you thought about critically. And then uh, just kind of explain to us how that belief came to be a thing for you. And yeah, let's, let's go to there. Okay, so I wrote it down just to make it easier. So I'm just going to read it. I can be happy slash fulfilled if I check the boxes for my culture slash family or, you know, the world that I understand to be true. If I check these boxes, then I'll be happy. And a lot of that had to do with religion, obviously. And um, a lot of it didn't. There was just lots of cultural norms that I grew up with, like getting married at a younger age, having children at a younger age. Um, I didn't really ever think of education too seriously because most, I mean, I shouldn't say most anything because everyone has a different viewpoint. And I don't think, I think my parents always actually encouraged me to think about education, but just in my culture and what I understood to be true, it wasn't important. Like the only thing that really mattered was me getting married and having a kid and the way I perceived like movies, different things. That was my reality. And I mean, obviously, um, the religion added to that. So I'm curious how much of this was like an explicit belief, like, like something you actually believed and how much of it was more of a like like autopilot like just this kind of it tacit knowledge that that everyone was everyone around you was just following and you were just following the normal playbook well or was yeah, it both? that i mean it, there, there's no, overlap there it was a constant battle between the both i mean the older i got i would ask myself like i would hear people talk about what they would believe and i would ask myself like what do i believe and i'd be like well i don't know but i know that this is what everyone else is doing and I guess we'll just do that too and hope for the best. So so you would actually think, like you explicitly thought that as as a teenager? Well, I... Even back to childhood. I I mean, I would say my first like religious um, like commitment, I would say uh, getting baptized in the church. Is that cool to say? I mean, nothing bad or negative, but I do feel like that was a decision that I was just, that was just, there was no options. It wasn't like, it wasn't like my parents said, you have to do this, but everyone in my age, my school, that's just kind of what you did. So I just kind of did it (laughs) and it, it didn't have any negative effects or anything. It was actually a really, I look back on it fondly, but I don't think I ever, explicitly thought as an eight-year-old I believe in this or I I more was like wow look everyone's proud of me (laughs) right now so so I like the way you phrase that that it's not necessarily that you believed that your religious beliefs or that your cultural beliefs would make you happy it was that if you followed those things and pleased the people around you yeah like in in that you you were you were living those things making the people around you proud would make you happy. Yeah. I would saying. actually say and And you you explicitly believed that piece. I believed that piece pretty strongly that no matter I would have all these like this tussle of thoughts in my mind of just about <laughs> about what I actually did believe, but the strongest like the hammer coming down in my mind would be like, well it doesn't matter because as long as everyone else is proud of you, it doesn't matter. But it's also, it's also funny to think about that because I've never been a rule follower. But I thought if I did follow all the rules that I'd probably be happy. And most of the things that I was, I was like, okay, well, I'm probably just not happy or satisfied because I'm not following every single little rule. And that's obviously interesting. not okay. true to me now. But so, okay. So how did this become a belief for you? It sounds like it's, um, it was pretty early, like starting in childhood. Where, where did that come from? Where did that stem um, from? I would probably say the biggest thing is watching. I had pretty, I mean, I had pretty obedient people around me. And I liked the, the attention they were getting. I, and I mean, that sounds bad, but I mean, as a child, that's one of your greatest needs is like finding some form of attention, whether it's negative or positive. And I definitely am obviously more drawn to positive. And I saw how 
parents, teachers, and other, you know, authority figures responded to responsible (laughs) rule-following individuals, especially, and I will emphasize religiously, this was mostly religious in my mind. I feel like that's the biggest um, part of my brain that I've had to wrestle with is spirituality. And as a child, I wanted to be all of these things to get the positive attention, but I thought it was more than just, you know, my earthly parents. I was putting like the weight on myself, like, okay, well, you better do this right. Like your eternities, like, you know, depending on this. So, so when you say your belief was that pleasing the people around you, like that also includes God, God to some degree. Okay. Yes. My people. Yeah. I, I mean, that would probably be the kingpin in my mind as a child is, okay, well, like if I can't even please these people, like how would I please God? And so I guess it was my goal to like slowly and slowly be able to please everyone up until God, which is so like, yeah, that is wild. it's like a huge mountain that you no one can climb you can't be perfect you can't even so you thought by pleasing the people around you you were on the path to eventually being able to please god i actually haven't laid it out that explicitly because i i don't think anyone's asked me these questions but yeah yes (laughs) that is really interesting kind of makes me nervous thinking about it now because it's just such like a big feeling for such a little kid There were many things after that that I chose over pleasing other people, but it hurt every time because I had built up this like idea that I needed to be a certain way, but I didn't know how to like live the way I wanted and give everyone what they want. But, um, I guess before, before any of it got to the point where I feel like I was struggling with it day to day I did have like a short period of time with my oldest brother obviously you know all of this but um my oldest brother me me and Isabel's family yeah we're family (laughs) well yeah you're best friends with this brother yeah or we're in high school um I've known Isabel since she was four (laughs) yeah yeah rip it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Not because you saw me as a kid, but just because you've seen me in all of my like worst forms, but it's fine. You still you still like me. We're still friends, but... Yep. Um, I wouldn't have asked you to be on here if I didn't like you. <laughs> that's really... So good. There. That's good. Good for my people-pleasing points. I'll just <laughs> tack that on. <laughs> no, but my brother actually... Wait, here, hold on. Before we jump into this, I just want to make sure I'm... I'm connecting all the pieces here Mm -hmm. so so your belief was that basically by people pleasing you would be happy Mm -hmm. um and that the 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 way that you started to question that was because it was not making you happy i realized it was not possible to please all the people i wanted to i thought maybe if i could i would be happy like that was still kind of far off in my mind that I was just thinking that I wasn't able to fulfill. (laughs) You'd think that, you know, a logical adult would probably say, well, I'm obviously not even humanly, like there's no way I can humanly meet all of these needs for everyone else, but that's not my problem. Like I need to meet my own needs. But as a child, I was thinking, well, obviously there's something wrong with me because I can't meet everyone's needs. I can't be what everyone you know wants me to be and so therefore you know I'm gonna have to pick and choose like what's most what could get me the most points and what could I choose for myself like along the way and keep you know to myself I so maybe you weren't actually questioning it at this point it sounds like you still believed it you just were starting to Realize you had to make some sacrifices because you couldn't do it all. Yeah. And you'd have to, you'd have to be able to, you'd have to, you needed to be willing to take some losses. Yeah. We're really not to the actual critical thinking period yet. No. Well, the biggest 
beginning to critical thinking. I'm not a very logical person. I'll, I'll admit that. I've had well, to really how, how would on, you describe yourself? I would say most of my actions and different things that make sense to me are very emotional based. Like if something feels sad to me, then it just is a fact. Like it just is sad. <laughs> like, you know, or if it feels happy to me, it's happy. And like, so but, did, did you feel like, do you think that contributed to you having this people pleasing belief or, yeah. or feeling well, that way? I liked because you weren't making decisions based on reason. Lot. Yeah. Okay. No reason, <laughs> which is really, I like feel so bad for my little self because I wish I could just tell her that, you know, like that's just doesn't make sense. But even if you did tell her that she'd be like, <laughs> but my, because she was driven by emotions. She made totally. decisions and I, based off of emotions. And I still am, but I at least have a little bit of like skills that I've really tried to like rein yeah. in. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. I want. I, I just want to paint the picture of who you were and then how we get to where you are now. Right. So that's when I would say that m probably my oldest brother noticed that I was like that. He probably noticed more than anyone how I was operating and then he started taking the time to give me what he called logic lectures. In so, the, so he, what you mean that he noticed is that you were making decisions based off of emotion. All of them. He was noticing that I was basing all of my decisions off of emotion as probably like an 11, 12 year old, okay. maybe 13. But I would say 12, like, you know, when I started to hit puberty and I went from kid to, you know, probably more overthinking, more about different things he saw that I was letting emotion take the rein instead of okay. reason and he would like sit me down and he would I don't remember the step by step but he would try to kind of sort through emotion with me and make me feel that you know that isn't always reality sometimes that's just like a reaction so that was probably I probably felt the most seen then because I didn't even have the words or skills to tell anyone what I was going through inside. And honestly, I haven't even looked at it until right now like this. But it was obvious to my oldest brother that someone needed to be teaching me some... Logic. Logic and critical thinking. And so can you walk us through, like, do you remember just... I know you said you don't remember exact questions, but kind of the anatomy of, like, what, one of those conversations, like, what... How did he approach you that I, way? Like, what, what did that look like? I guess... Because I'm sure there's people that might be listening that are thinking, I know someone like this. Right. That's just making decisions based off of emotion. And I see yeah. them... that They're getting themselves into difficult situations because they're not thinking. Right. How do I approach them? How do I talk <sighs> through this? Well, I feel like a lot of it had to do with the fact that he was just my older brother that I idolized. And... But he did have a certain way to approach me without making me feel defensive, which is usually how people would approach me, is mm -hmm. they would undermine me, yep. say different things to make me feel inferior, to shut down my emotion instead of yes. work through. I mean, that's a typical strategy right. that that really rational people use. Right. Well, they'll just be I've like, what is before. happening? What are you... D just stop. Just stop. And you're like the person like sitting there that's just dealing with emotion that doesn't have logic is also taking that emotion on that you're giving to them, you know. Um, pro so probably a big part of it was him watching me not being able to communicate clearly to my parents or vice versa. You know, like I would say me and my mom have always been pretty close, but we, you know, just normal kid struggles. You know, my mom would be frustrated trying to get a point across because I wasn't understanding. Like, my emotions were blocking th things that, you know, probably I didn't need to be. It was extra. Mm -hmm. George could see that there was extra fluff that I was adding to things. And that was probably the biggest question. Why are you adding this feeling to this conversation? Like, you don't need to add this feeling. Interesting. Um, what, what are you feeling? well, why don't we go talk about this feeling? We should probably just like, why don't you try and take that feeling out of you and think about like what she's saying to you or what he's saying to you 
or what the situation actually is. Like, just look at it clearly for a moment without your anger, without your sadness. That's interesting. So he would help you identify the emotion you were feeling Mm -hmm. and then say, let's figure out how to subtract that from this conversation so we can look at it rationally. Yes. Hmm. Which is actually a really... Yeah, that's pretty smart. Yeah, that's a pretty healthy thing. And I don't know if he knew... I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. He's not Knowing him... I, he probably didn't... That probably came natural to yeah, him. Yeah, it was a very intuitive thing for him because that's just how he functions. Right. So he was helping. He's saying, uh, something's wrong with the way that you're doing this. I need to help you figure I out was, how to see this clearly. And that's how he does it. If I would have spent the next... I think... Well, he couldn't have physically because he was an adult and he needed to make adult his adult life. <laughs> you know, he needed to be separate from me. But if he was my mentor... And, or if someone of that sort, if I had an emotional mentor, which I guess would be a therapist, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think I would have not made the neural pathways that I made and been a completely different person. Cause I think it did give me a kickstart, but I only had that for so long. And, you know, cause he, he was, you know, growing up and living his own life. Right. And it wasn't his job to do that, but he did take the time to at different times. And I, that's probably that planted some seeds. Yeah, for critical thinking. And my mom and dad and people that knew those things happened, they would probably remind me of them. They would say different things like, remember those (laughs) logic lectures? They probably (laughs) weren't knowing exactly how he did it with me to make me so, you know, docile. (laughs) Uh, Some would call me a rough horse to train (laughs) or break. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, break. Um but they would try and like remind me and I would think of it, but usually the emotion clouded and I would, it would come into my mind and I would just push it back out of just like in emotion, just like that doesn't matter to me right now. Long story short, I had a lot of, I am a deeply emotional being, but growing up you have to, like there's certain things that force you to either choose to be, keep being emotional and let your life snowball mental health, everything with it, mm-hmm. or forces you to, you know, learn something <laughs> from your emotional decision-making, learn some thinking, but it's not like I knew critical. I never knew the word critical thinking. A and lot it, of people don't. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually, it's something that I feel pretty passionately about is that this is, should, this should be something that's taught in high schools right. to every kid is how to think critically. I, I had one teacher that kind of taught this in high school and it helped you. It did, but this teacher was kind of viewed Cookie. as a joke. <laughs> yeah. And That's what I was gonna say. Like most people are like, Oh, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like actually a lot of parents around like did not like him because he he challenged Yeah, he challenged high school kids to think critically about things that they'd always been taught. Anyway, I'd probably be so... No, I want... No, it's good to... That's good. I think the reason I was taking so much time on all of this was just... I feel like lots of people have similar stories. But I love what you're pointing out, that, that the mere act of recognizing... Mm-hmm. something about yourself that you were making decisions driven by emotion. And that emotion was that you wanted to please everybody around you. Right. And then critically thinking about, is that actually making me happy? Um, it, it kind of what we're slowly getting there, but you're really kind of describing like how critical thinking played a part in that. And I think that's a really, that's actually an aspect of critical thinking. I hadn't really thought about that. Mm-hmm. It helps us to realize the ways that we're hurting ourselves. Mm -hmm. I guess I probably couldn't. I mean, I know Justin like has probably something certain in his mind and I have something in mind about like, you know, critical think, you know, because every word you hear has a meaning for you. You have some connotation with it. And mine's probably way more emotional because I would say maybe yeah. if you agree, I am much more emotional. Mine's, mine's totally rational. Like, <laughs> okay, so I believe that you know pigs can fly, and okay, why do you believe pigs can fly? And you're because interested I read it about it in a book. Okay, what book did you read it about? In is the author creditable? Credible? And, <laughs> you know, go, just going down that that 
hole until right. we get to the root and then saying, okay, does it make sense I, for you to believe this? But yeah. you are approaching it from a, like, this is my worldview that I had and the way that it was causing me to live. Yeah. And if I would have thought about that critically or been taught to think about it critically mm-hmm. earlier on, I could have avoided a lot of the difficulty and pain that I lived, lived through. Right. And too, like, I don't want anything to take away from, I feel like you are doing this out of interest. You like to hear people's different, like, I don't want anything to divert from that. I guess I'm just more saying like, for me, like critical thinking isn't, I feel like maybe you've had critical thinking your whole life in some way. Like, I feel like that comes naturally to you a bit, maybe. Would you say no? We could spend an episode on that. <laughs> well, I feel like <laughs> it makes degree, sense to you. You're a logical. It's how my brain kind of works. And yeah. so when you heard the word for it, it made sense. Yes. And when I heard the word to it, it was a completely new idea. It was like not something I had. So t- tell, when did that, when did that occur? Like how did... I have no idea, but I did. <laughs> I feel when like. When did you start to consciously actually like challenge these beliefs of. I have to please people around me. I have to, and, 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 you know, I'm making these decisions driven by that emotion of, I don't want to upset people. Like when did you con? Cause I know that like, we're kind of, we're, we're leading up to it. Like your, your bits and pieces are getting added here and there with the logic lectures right, right, and right. like, but when did it consciously become something that you started going, you know what? I don't know if I believe X, Y, Z about what I've, my, my, my previous world. So I guess that, yeah, I was just giving you like a history of like where I'm coming from, but I didn't start doing this until 2020 probably, but not really, really. I, those thoughts started to come into my mind. You and Creed got married in 2021, 2021. That's right. And those thoughts started to sneak in during the um, pandemic, the, the lockdown, <laughs> nothing has been the same since. And I will stand I by think, that for I think everyone that changed all of our brains. It was in ways that I'm not sure all of us even understand fully. yet. No, it's like, I feel like foggy thinking about that year because it was just such a freaking like, like what is happening? Yeah, like you no. don't even know. It felt like we were all in a movie. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and we were all living in fear and different feelings that were we hadn't ever before yep i those thoughts started to come and i couldn't ignore them but 2021 so what what thoughts started to come um specifically if anything that i had ever believed was true i went interesting I so would, how, did, how did the pandemic trigger that exact i thought? wouldn't say it was the pandemic i actually started going to school like um school for aesthetics master aesthetics in salt lake and i just remember being salt lake is so much different than davis county like (laughs) being in that group of people i didn't even know i didn't have the resources within myself i didn't have a mask for that group i didn't i walked into it blindly never been around this kind of group of people just because it was so diverse that's all it was you know like it's not that it was bad or anything like that. It was diverse. diverse the, how so? Like, um, I assume you're not just talking like ethnically, but like, no, just beliefs. Like every gotcha. single person had some uh, different belief and they were used to it because they all lived in Salt Lake. And I was literally driving from Davis County every day where everyone believes basically the same thing. And it kind of, when they would look at me, like they, they were, I, I will say like, I've, I felt judged a few times for being, they could tell I was sheltered and that I was the goody, I don't know, but I never felt like that That's in my culture. For, for Davis County, you were probably a wild child. Wild for <laughs> Davis County, but there, they were like, okay, <laughs> like Mary, like seriously, like they just like thought that I, they couldn't say certain things around me or different things. And so it wasn't necessarily the pandemic that triggered you think it was no the- but the pandemic played a big role in i mean um it wasn't the pandemic i i will admit i was never living in too much fear i usually have a bit of confidence in my body and i'm not that scared of dying weirdly 
And my biggest fear was actually making other people scared. Interesting. So okay. I felt the need to follow all these said things to make other feel, people feel comfortable, but nothing was making me uncomfortable. Okay. But it was weird still living in that reality. Okay. And so, so it sounds like it, it played some role in that all of a sudden the stability in the world that you'd been grown yeah. up used to was suddenly in question. And then also combined with you starting aesthetic school. Right. Um, well, just around all these people that around, I, yep. I would take clients in every day that were all just completely random. It was just my first dose of reality instead of being in a controlled environment. I was just dealing with real people and real things. And I, <laughs> I hadn't learned... I mean, it just made me question reality, I guess. It just made me question what was real. I guess everything I thought was real was in my little corner. And it what like to me, I was hearing all these amazing and beautiful things and also things I wanted nothing to do with, but it just made me... From the people that you were going to school with. Yeah. Okay. they. I mean, they would talk about, you know, like their beliefs or their love lives or their this, you know, um, I'm trying to think of what else. You know, their backgrounds was a big thing. I would hear people from all different places. And it just made me kind of be like, why do I think that the one thing I was taught growing up or like that is makes sense in my culture is real? Like, it almost feels dumb. Like, to think that. Like, I would, in my mind, I just remember being like, it feels self-centered to think that my one belief is real. And no one else's is. Your one belief, meaning? I guess not one belief, but lifestyle. My lifestyle made sense above all else. Religion. Okay. Uh, cultural, like, rules you live by. So, I mean, just to be specific, like, in our religion, you just kind of live by a certain set of... Um, I mean, in all religions, there's kind of like commandments or different things. And for me, I just was hearing all these different ones and even commandments for other people or different lifestyles. I just remember thinking, there's no one way to do things. Like, why why have I been beating myself up this whole time for trying to do one way when everyone seems to be figuring out their life in a completely different way? Does that make sense? Yeah. Just help me connect the the people pleasing aspect to that. Does I just that realized sense? no like, one no one was trying to please everyone. Like that was more. So it wasn't our that culture. you saw them living differently. It was that you saw them living authentically. Yeah, they were choosing things they wanted for themselves instead of wanting to like please people around them. And I'd never seen that. I'd never seen. Okay. I I mean, I was just so used to like. Um. I mean, high school for everybody, I would say confidently, everyone's trying to appeal to a group of... For sure. That's what half of high school is. Right. So I would say even that this is just a dose of adulthood is realizing that adults, healthy adults, and I wouldn't say all of them were healthy or something, but they were choosing things for themselves that they wanted. And I had never had that. And I started to tussle with that idea like can I have things that I want or do things that I want? Like, does it have to do with other people as much as I think or have thought that it has? So I, I want to dive into this a little bit more when I'm hearing this. Um, if I'm looking at it critically, I'm wondering how did you do anything to make sure that you weren't just again, being driven by emotion? Right. That's, I actually started to think about that probably a year later. Okay, so the questions came first, and then you realized a year later. Right. Am I just, does this just feel good to see this? And like, does this actually, can I think critically about this? Does it actually make sense? I think a big problem for me is every time I find out something new, I blow it out of proportion in my (laughs) (laughs) mind. What? You're telling me this whole time. Like uh, having known Isabel for so long, I can I can attest to that. <laughs> literally, I've had that so many times. I've had to get that in check. Like like now when I find out something new, I'm like, hmm, interesting. And in my mind, I'm like, 
<laughs> you know, and I just um, remember that blowing my mind. And so, then so which what what part blew your mind? Blowing my mind that people could live how they wanted. Okay, okay. Without so we're, we're, like we're seeing people in aesthetic school. But then I also realized that wasn't what came next. So big emotion about that. Uh huh. What came next was that's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> like why why is that so important to me? That became a big question. Why is that so important to me? Why is that so important to me? Like, why, what have I been trying to please? Like, why is it so important to me to please someone? What will that get me? Do I believe in what that will get me? Do I believe in this? This is going to affect my eternity somehow. Do you believe that you need to please all these people on your path to pleasing God? I hadn't questioned that that belief for a long time. I had let it fester and let it sit there and all I had done really and it was making you miserable yeah the whole time yes it was and I didn't really think it was from that I thought it was more just like something I was doing wrong but I didn't ask those questions until later like do I even believe in this stuff that I've been like weighing on myself for so long like does this even make sense to me logically like, am I allowed to use logic? Am I too emotional? Will someone like fact check me? Like, do I have to have some sort of belief? Like, I mean, that that's a whole spew of questions that I just remember having on repeat. And I will <laughs> give my 16 year old self credit. I remember thinking at night laying in bed being like, this does not make sense, but I'm just going to have to do it. Like, I'm just going to have to go for it. I'm when, just- when you say this, what do you mean? The people pleasing, like the gotcha. all of the beliefs about living that way, living specifically religiously. None of my religious beliefs really ever made sense to me logically. I don't think I ever remember a time that they appealed to me in a way that I actually believed them. Does that make sense? Uh huh. So you, you were entirely living that religion based on. The fact that you felt you needed to please people around you. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I wanted to recognize that in myself until, you know. Sounds like 2020. 2021 even. I feel like I started to ask more questions in 2020, but it wasn't till May I was like, crap, I don't believe any of this. And I've based a lot of my life around it. And if I don't believe any of this, that means... Oh, hold on. Okay. So I feel like we, Sorry. we skipped ahead. Sorry. That, that's okay. That's okay. My brain is so chaotic. So <laughs> thank you for being patient. I just want to make sure that our audience can follow. Yeah. And that we're, we're really exploring the breakdown of this belief. So back to um, when you're seeing people you're going to school with, how they're living authentically, and all of a sudden you go, they're happy and they're not living the way that I'm living. Right. And you start thinking about that. And then um, my question about how... Or they're just not trying to people please. I thought that I just wasn't doing it right. I wasn't pleasing enough people. Okay. And I just realized that like that was kind of not necessarily what everyone was trying to do. Okay. Like I just realized people were acting on their own accord. And so... How, walk us through from that to May 2021 when you go, crap, I don't believe any of the, the stuff I've been, I've been okay. growing uh, up I with can do that. and thought that I had to do. So right before I graduated um, aesthetic school, I got engaged to Creed, which I will say that is something I knew I wanted. It was a big issue for me in my mind because, you know, there were things about mine and Creed's relationship that weren't fitting the picture or the Mm -hmm. expectations from our families and different things. And we were getting quite a bit of like pushback from different angles saying like it wasn't going to work or this, this, and this. But I think me and Creed were pretty confidently. So, so your relationship with Creed helped you. It became a priority over pleasing yeah these other people a big one and it was a big back and forth yeah and i just remember um us getting engaged and one of that being one of the first times 
I wasn't thinking about very many other people. I was thinking about myself and I was thinking about what I wanted and I was grateful. I was happy and I was in the moment for once. I was just letting things come to me and feel natural. Like when I got engaged, I was like, okay, like, so we got engaged, got married, which was all great, but I was starting to head down the path of what do I believe or what makes sense and what makes sense to me was more than just what felt good. There were things that weren't morally adding up to me in LDS Utah culture that aren't things that align with my adult moral development, if that makes sense. Like as an adult, I remember like starting to have the thoughts, okay, I don't agree with that, but I wasn't taught that. So is that okay? You know, so I mean, let's just say I had, I started to make friends with a lot of people in the LGBTQ community and they were super normal and happy and people I loved being around. And obviously the LDS church, um, I wouldn't say they, I mean, they just have, they teach. It's it's not accepted doctrinally. Yes. Okay. That's a good way to say it. I didn't agree with that. I just didn't feel like it was necessary to tell people what they couldn't, couldn't do. I started to question if the church or anyone had monopoly over people's lives or decisions, including my own. But as soon as I realized... (laughs) Like, I I think the older I got, the more I just felt like, I think there is an afterlife, but I don't feel like I'm going to get punished for all this stuff. Like, that was like a big thing, is I just remember being like, who gets Monopoly on all of this? I remember feeling like there were so many pieces of me that didn't really align with heaven. Okay. And... Oh, this is so controversial for so many people, but it's just, it's in my mind. Controversial is okay. Yeah. I just don't agree with that. I just don't agree that a God that I, that was probably my biggest first thought about God and what I truly believe. Do I believe in a God that would expect me to lose pieces of myself that he gave to me? Didn't this, the same man create me? And he's expecting me to not be a certain, like to take pieces out of myself to be with, get all these things after I'm dead, which who knows if that matters. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I just remember being like, I don't know that anything's going to happen after I die, but I really don't think I believe in a God that is expecting me to not be a certain way. And then I'll get, and I, sinning and being mean to people, that's, that's the only thing morally for me, this is, I guess this is the one belief I have. If it hurts yourself, others, or the earth, I think it's morally wrong. But other than that, I don't. Future episode. (laughs) Yeah. Other than that, I don't have anything that's ever Ever since I started asking those questions, those are the only three things I could really confirm to myself that I believed. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. I mean, basically realizing that people were, I felt like God was being used by these people to control me. Okay. And so that's, that's, this, this is the crux that we're getting to. Mm -hmm. So your belief that by living this lifestyle of, you know, and culture mm-hmm. was going to please the people around you. Therefore, and therefore God. You, and then eventually God, and it would make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you realized it wasn't making you happy, it sounds like, but you continued to to live it to some Well, point. I guess I didn't realize it wasn't making me happy. I just thought I wasn't doing it good enough. Okay, so you just you just thought you weren't doing it good enough. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. I think we already clarified that. I asked that question earlier. No, yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. And so, but now you're reaching this point where you're starting to say, I don't think that 
God wants me to do that. I don't think God wants me to live the, live that way. Yeah. And for me at that time, God was still truth. Like that was still something I firmly believed in. You believed in God, you mean? Yes. Okay. And I would say I do believe in something, but I'm not going to put some sort of okay. label, you know, like I just don't know. And I'm not going to act like I know. I'm not going to act like I've had some experience that confirms to me that there's a man in the sky. And I'm not trying to make fun. I'm just saying in my mind, like, th- that's not... That's how you process it and it doesn't make sense to It you. doesn't make sense to me at all. Okay. It's not that I realized it was wrong because obviously it works for some people, but I realized it didn't make sense to me, so I couldn't authentically live it. I realized, and I don't know at what point it all fell. I think it was piece by piece. I would say, I don't think it matters if I drink coffee or not. I don't think it matters if my friends are gay. And, or even if like it came, you know, came down to it, like, I don't think it would matter if I was gay or not. Like, I don't think it matters. I think truly all of it came down to is I realized to me, it didn't make sense to throw these little rules into everything. Does it like, I, I, I understand what you're saying and I, I, it resonates with me to a degree. I'm just, you're trying to critically, I'm trying to really push on it. Like, I'm trying to why think does that of the mean right that way it's to... not true? Why does I, that mean that you shouldn't live the way you were living? Like, I mean, we could get. <laughs> how did you? Can is there this... a rational explanation for yes. why I shouldn't live? It, let me ask it this way: Is there a rational explanation for why I shouldn't live the way my culture and family tell me I should live? Because, like, that's the path to success that they lots of people that they sorry well just that's the path to success that they have dictated and laid before me like is there a rational reason not to do that because because rational you, you like those things often come those traditions often come from generations of practicing and um like learning what works what doesn't work like those things don't just come out of nowhere so if you're going to deviate from that, like you got to give me a really good, like rational argument for why. Well, I think one exists, but I'm just pushing like to see how did you come to that conclusion? There's lots of people that believe even if you're being taught false information, which I'm not saying, sorry, that it is, that it is healthier to just live the lifestyle that you were born into. Um, even if it's people pleasing like you were, yeah, some people would argue that staying there is just worth it. Like that you should just stay in what you were taught that there's some sort of happiness to that. Maybe there is, but, um, I mean, I will say, I don't, I know you don't want to dive too deep into this, but there were things I learned about the church and different things in its history I, I'm fine if we dive into that. that. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. I wish I had I just, all I want the, the resources. Rational, I want the rational well, explanation for why you decided I don't need to live this path that all these others expect of me anymore. Okay, so when all of the critical thinking about just it not making sense to me and thinking that people didn't have monopoly over it, I did tell myself, you need more than that. People aren't going to accept that. And I did, you know, some research on the church and... Um, for me, a big part of it was (laughs) my biggest trigger in the church probably was polygamy and diving in. Just, just to clarify. So a lot of this is like revolving around like the, the moral code that the church, the LDS church expected you to live. That's the piece that you, when you say the culture and beliefs that, that your family and everybody expected you to live like that's primarily what you mean because that's the piece that we keep coming back down to that you felt yeah. like you needed to break down i just yes. want to clarify that, no, that no, there's not it, other pieces that we need to lump in here but if it's primarily that then yeah that. i would lump in other pieces for myself when i was thinking about it but when it does come down to it this my whole 
world revolved around religion. Okay. Because it never resonated with me and I never knew how to make sense of it. And I spent so long trying. Okay. And then when I realized I didn't have to, but then I started, I was always told like, you can't research certain things about the church. Like it's just not good to, but that critically, like if we're just talking like that, if you can't take information from other sources, if you're telling people to not do their research and to only accept information from one source, then is that not a form of controlling them? Is that not a way of making them feel isolated from the world? Is that not a way? And reading, you know, it. when I started reading what, as they call anti-Mormon, it, it wasn't as biased or hateful as they made it out to be. It was actually more, it okay. was less emotional and less, does that make sense? Like yep. it was, it was more just f- like, and I obviously don't, it's a really hard thing for me to know whether things are facts or not. And that's a big part of your first episode is like knowing, um, like when you're looking at things online, what do you take as truth and not? And then, so you're taking all these things from different sources and then making your decision based yes. on the steel, the steel man, man argument, the yes. steel man argument. Yes. And you listened. I did. <laughs> I thought it would be bad if I came on and hadn't <laughs> listened. I've listened to podcasts where people do that, so. <laughs> That's bad. Well, I mean, it's fine, but not good for me. But I just, I would say. So you felt a need, and you you probably had, because when I first started coming across these ideas, I had never heard the terms like steel man argument or something. Right. But you started feeling the need to like. Hear okay, other people. I out. want to hear other opinions. I want to. I want to think critically about this moral system that I've always thought I needed to live, and so you started exploring the arguments against it. Okay. Yeah, I did, and um, morally, to me, polygamy is wrong. <laughs> so I just remember, like, when I hear people give all of these excuses why black people didn't have the priesthood or why polygamy was morally acceptable or why, you know, like, (laughs) like so many things, but why all of these things, you know, like were acceptable. There's always this like roundabout answer, like, well, the world was racist until, you know, like this time. And so they wouldn't accept black people and they would, you know, this is the answer people are giving me that, they wouldn't accept the church if, you know, like if black people had the priesthood. And to me, that just sounds like a way to say the people who are making the decision for the church were still racist. Like if God is all knowing, wouldn't he know that black people were equal and deserved the same opportunities and rights from the very beginning? Would we have needed to adhere to what the I thought our the whole thing was like being in the world but not of the world like those things don't add up to me I, like you're giving me you're telling me I have to exist in this world but not believe all the same things like I'm not supposed to blend in I'm supposed to rise above right but they there's certain things they won't do that on and okay. I didn't think it was I mean Black people not having the priesthood was a really big issue for me because I just didn't understand. Like, it was just one of the big things that they couldn't give me a direct answer on. I've personally just think that if, you know, if it were the true church, that it would be that... um, That it would be true from the beginning. Okay. It would have morally correct information to give to people from the beginning. And they'll always say, but they're working with men or imperfect people, which I understand to some extent, but why only men? Like, why are men only getting these (laughs) answers? And like, there's so many more questions on top of that where I'm just like, I, that does not even make sense to me. Like we're working with men and then not everything's adding up women you get made fun of if you ask why women don't have the priesthood it's because this is the answer i've always gotten 
women don't need the priesthood. They're holy enough without it or something. Mm-hmm. And That is a common answer. And I guess I just critically when I hear those things, and this really isn't just an emotional response, I'm not just shut down by, I'm used to living in a misogynistic society, like patriarchal. It It's all actually more comfortable to me than the opposite. But it did make me question like, well, why? Like that doesn't, that's not a direct answer. Well, women being more don't need the priesthood. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't even, I still don't know what that means. Okay. So you felt like you came across arguments against uh, the authority that the LDS church claimed over like morality for, for mm-hmm. a person that where you saw this group isn't as moral as what I think they should be in order to dictate my beliefs. Is, is that, is that right? Am I summing that up? Right. Cause that, that all of these things, like I don't want to go down all these rabbit holes with these different. Right. Different I know. Pieces, yeah. I'm just but, trying to give you the, but enough. I, it, that's what I'm hearing is like you were coming across like, okay, they, they weren't consistent with priesthood. They, the consistency, won't it, they yeah. won't give it to women. Like, so therefore they're, they're not, consistent enough to trust to for me to trust is it actually being from god so therefore why would i let them dictate my moral code yes is what you're telling me okay Um, you're way better summing it up than i am but yeah things weren't consistent enough things weren't um there wasn't enough steel man arguments to go against my big questions there was never a direct answer and that wasn't enough for me Hey everyone, Justin here. Isabel ended up needing to wrap up a little bit early and we weren't able, quite able to finish the podcast. So we're going to have a second episode with her, a part two. Uh, that'll be in the next couple of weeks. But I hope that you enjoyed this discussion with Isabel and learning a little bit about the process she went through to break down one of her former beliefs. I want to thank Isabel for coming on and sharing that with us. I know that it elements of it were hard for her to to share publicly and I'm grateful that she was willing to. I thought it was a really interesting discussion that helped me to see personally it helped me to see things through a lens that um I don't typically see through. I, I'm I'm a very rational, logic driven person and uh I you could sense from Isabel that she's a, a very emotion driven person. And uh, it was interesting to hear from her how how she saw some of these things and how that seeing through that more emotional lens initially changed the way that she reacted to some of these things. And then how she ended up using critical thinking uh, as well. Uh, I thought it was a, a really good discussion. So um, really quick, I, I also want to reemphasize with... With the things that Isabel, Isabel brought up, I know that for some of my listeners, they may be a little bit uncomfortable, especially uh, if you're a member of the LDS church that Isabel was talking about. I just want to reemphasize what I discussed in my, my first episode from John Stuart Mill of being willing to listen to all that could be said against an argument. I don't think that any of my listeners that you need to run off and start researching all of the same material that Isabel has has looked at. That's not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is that uh, I hope that you can be open to Isabel's experience and listening to her and not condemning her for that. Um, Also, a couple of quick observations from Isabel's process. I thought it was interesting that the initial breakdown of that belief, it was initiated by a simple paradigm shift. For her, it was the COVID-19 pandemic. She Obviously, there were other things that, that followed, but I think for her, she, she brought that up, but she couldn't quite articulate why it played a role. But to me, it, it really sounded like all it did was, was make her evaluate her worldview because the pandemic... I think for many of us, it 
it shattered our previous worldviews. Um, it was such a disruptive event to all of our lives. And I thought that was interesting how that initiated kind of an analysis for, for Isabel on what did she actually believe. And obviously what followed was seeing evidence to the contrary of what her belief was. I think that there's there's room to push on on some of her conclusions from that, but we we didn't quite get a chance to go into that as much as uh, I would I would have liked to. But I think it was interesting that she she was observing people and seeing um, evidence that told her 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 belief that she needed in order to be happy she needed to live all these ways that um, people around her expected her to she saw evidence that that wasn't the case and she started paying attention to it. Um, I think, I I think when, I think all of us are presented with opportunities like that from time to time. And sometimes it it can be really uncomfortable to, to do that. And so we'll, we'll find a justification or a reason to ignore that. And I think that's a missed opportunity. I think those are great learning experiences to help us to see the world through uh, a little bit different angle. It doesn't have to actually change our beliefs like it did for Isabel, but it's an opportunity for us to say, hey, here's an experience that could disrupt my previous worldview. I may or may not allow it to. It may, may, may or may not actually have that effect, but I can appreciate that someone else might have that experience and come to a different conclusion than me. And that there's evidence out there that my worldview might not be as airtight as I thought it was. So I thought that was really interesting. And then last thing that I I really loved, how it did all start emotionally. She clearly wasn't happy living under the old assumptions that she, she had. And so that, that, that led to a more emotions based rejection of that thing and a search for, okay, what actually makes me happy? I think, I think if, when we go through something like that, we have to be careful of just making emotional decisions, um, or, or people, voices that we listen to might be using the appeal to emotions fallacy where they're, they're, they're using our emotions to manipulate us. I think that's, that's a risk when we're in that place confirmation bias is also a big risk when we're in that place. I think we're more, even more prone than usual to skip information that, that doesn't align with what we want to believe, believe that's causing that, that emotion that we're feeling and to latch on to those things that confirm what we want to believe. We've got to be careful of that. But I did love that Isabel brought up, um, that she, she went looking for steel man arguments to, the questions that she was having. And I think that's, that's an important thing that we can learn from with Isabel. And I'm not saying, I know that some of my listeners might shy away at the thought of going and looking up uh, what Isabel called, you know, anti-Mormon material. I'm not, I'm not advocating for going out of your way to research all of those things. All I am saying is that before we we take a strong position where we are extremely critical of another person that comes to a different conclusion than we do, we need to have examined the steel man arguments against our case. Otherwise, it's fine if we don't want to examine those steel man arguments, but I think we just need to temper our opinions and our criticisms and judgments of people that choose a different lifestyle or choose to choose not to believe what we do. So yeah, I think that's, that's an interesting lesson that I I took from Isabel is, um, that she went and researched those steel man arguments. Last thing is that next time what I plan to do is I listened to this interview with, with Isabel and I identified a couple of beliefs that she came out of this experience with. I know that initially she said, um, she didn't think she had any real beliefs, but I think there are a couple that came out of here that she was she was very adamant that she really she strongly believed. And I'd like to take the next episode in the next couple of weeks to go th- over those beliefs with Isabel and to examine them critically. 
And so hopefully you enjoyed the, the discussion and stay tuned for more. Thanks.